This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 11, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Six years since September 11, 2001, how has the role of the presidency changed? Cato Institute senior editor Gene Healy suggests that under President Bush, the powers of the chief executive have never been greater to the detriment of civil liberties and separation of powers now and in the future. That troubling turn of events is a part of Healy's upcoming book, The Cult of the Presidency, to be published next year. Since September 11th, what have been the most striking characteristics of President Bush's assumptions of power? Well, since 9-11, the administration's advanced the radical theory of executive power that has, among other among other features, uh, the president having the power to launch wars at will without any consultation with Congress, uh, virtually unlimited power to tap phones and read e- email and uh, without having to see a judge for a warrant. And probably most striking, I, I think, was the uh, theory advanced in the Jose Padilla case under which the president could seize an American citizen on American soil and put him in a military brig for the duration of the war on terror, uh, in other words, perhaps forever. Uh, that, I think, is, the, is, is one of the most striking claims that's been made since 9-11. Congress has been pretty much complicit in giving President Bush more authority, sometimes without even knowing precisely what powers they were giving. With regard to the USA Patriot Act, most congressmen, in fact, I don't think any congressman actually got a chance to read it. That's right. And it's uh, it's also right, I think, to blame Congress for a lot of uh, a lot of what's happened Uh All down the line, Uh, the Iraq War Resolution, which essentially delegated the final decision on whether to go to war to the president, Um, and in the the run-up to the Iraq War, many of the congressmen and senators couldn't be bothered to read the National Intelligence Estimate uh, and figure out whether this would be a good idea or not. Um, All down the line, I mean, they they confirmed uh, Alberto Gonzalez as attorney general, despite the fact that in his prior job he had uh, presided over the Office of Legal Counsel and advanced the the creative legal theories among which, you know, the president can defy the defy international and U.S. statutory law on things like torture. Uh, Congress also confirmed uh, Michael Hayden uh, as head of the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, despite the fact that in his prior job. He had helped invent and run the illegal national the national security agency surveillance program. So you you really do see Congress not stepping up to the plate and not protecting its institutional interests. Uh, Madison and the other framers had hoped that they'd set up sort of a self-regulating system where the interests of each branch would compel that branch to. Uh, defend its own constitutional prerogatives. But unfortunately, uh, individual congressmen seem to be more interested in getting reelected than they are in actually defending the Constitution and defending their own role in our constitutional system. And by authorizing the use of force at some future point for President Bush with regard to the Iraq war, that would pretty much go against what the framers had hoped. The nice thing about a, a, a an actual declaration of war is it puts everybody on the same page. Uh, the form of the Iraq War Resolution in October 2002 was actually 
uh, very similar to the Gulf of Tonkin resolution that got us into the uh, into the Vietnam War. Um, it, it did not. It, it basically left the uh, in the same way that the Gulf of Tonkin resolution left the final decision about escalating force to Lyndon Johnson, uh, and he asked, he he ramped up the Vietnam War some months later. Uh, the the Iraq War resolution took a very similar form, and that's why you could actually have uh, you know people like John Kerry saying that they're being on both sides of the issue. Uh, Congress tends to to want to. Uh, it, much the same as it works domestically with delegation delegation of legislative authority in in the war in the arena of war, Congress basically wants to uh, punt to the president and you know if the war goes well, take credit for it, and if it doesn't go well, uh, blame him for it. And that's really not the way our system is designed to work. I think libertarians like asking their conservative friends regarding President Bush's level of power. Would you trust Hillary Clinton with this level of power? What's to stop uh, future presidents from following the Bush lead? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's been a source of much uh, you know, mystery, I think, over the last few years. I mean, you had an ideological movement here that, that in many ways seems unable to think beyond the next election cycle. It was a very interesting uh, Exchange at the uh, Conservative Political Action Conference a couple of years ago, debate between Bob Barr and uh, Viet Dinh, the architect of the Patriot Act. And in that debate, you know, Bob Barr warned about the dangers of an increasingly imperial presidency and, you know, made the point that uh, George W. Bush is not going to be the last person to, to wield these powers. Uh, and uh, Viet Dinh was actually more of a crowd pleaser. Bob, Bob Barr got, got booed for, for pointing out that the concentration of power could work out badly for the country. Uh, Viet Dinh said, uh, I believe the quote was, uh, the conservative movement has always had a healthy skepticism toward government power, but at times that healthy skepticism has to yield. Now, when he says at times, you really have to to translate that as from now on, because as the president keeps reminding us, this this is a war that's going to last a long, long time. It's going to last generations. So, yeah, obviously, you know, the the, the front runner for the, uh, the the great irony is conservatives spent the 90s talking about Clintonian abuses of power and, and talking about how uh, unscrupulous and power hungry uh, President Clinton was. They've spent the last several years trying to build up the the power of that office uh, and remove all checks on that power. And now they're looking at uh, the front runner for the Democratic uh, nomination and for, you know, in national polls is another potential president named Clinton. So it really is a shame how the conservative movement has behaved over the last uh, six years. Gene Healy is the Cato Institute's senior editor. His upcoming book, The Cult of the Presidency, is slated for publication next year. Healy is also co-author of the report, Power Surge, the constitutional record of George W. Bush, available at our website, cato.org.